Good morning. It's time for Two Guys on Sports. I'm Larry Hazel. I'm Dick Olson. Good morning, Larry. Good morning, Dick. And, uh, well, the weather continues to raise havoc yeah. with the spring sports oh, wow. season. Yeah. The Well, the Nilsville boys baseball team did get down to lacrosse and have a game. Yeah. Um, I'm sure... You know, they probably would have liked to have a little different outcome, but I think they have to use it as a good outside practice and a scrimmage and just a chance to, just a chance to get, get outside. outside. And, of course, they played against a very good acquaintance team who, who this was their second game already. Okay. So, so, But at least the, the boys got outside and played. The girls are not having quite the luck. No, so. no. Uh, and the uh, boys' game today uh, against Thorpe has been canceled. Right. So another game down down yeah. the drain. Yeah, hopefully they can get a game at Owen with you tomorrow. But I don't know. Oh boy, I tell you what, the sun doesn't shine, Larry. No. The forecast doesn't, look, and it's not been very warm at all no, either. So, no. so hopefully by next week. Yeah, next week they're talking fifties. Hopefully that dries out some of these diamonds a little bit. And but if the sun don't come out, there's not much you can do. No, so, no, it's a. Uh, you know, we, we kind of got spoiled here a few springs. I think this yes, is more did. of a typical spring. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> With the wet and yeah, uh, right. chilly so, weather. But uh, it'll, what it, it is what it is, but uh, you hate to see it. Yeah. But, of course, the games that they're losing right now, both the girls and boys, are non-conference games. Right. So it's not like, yes, you hope to make these up maybe, but it's not like you're going to have to really stress these kids by playing back double headers and yeah. Back-to-back days and things like that. So hopefully it gets all straightened out. Let's course the conference season starts Friday. So, but <laughs> <laughs> um, we got to give a shout out to Tater Lowry. Yeah, this is it again. This is becoming the Tater Lowry highlight show. Yeah, so. <laughs> it is. Yes, uh, sets another record in yeah. the uh, thirty-two hundred meter. He pretty yeah. much set all the records he wanted to set. He, he uh, yeah, he took third over in Stevens Point, thirty-two hundred, ten minutes and twenty-three seconds, and first in the sixteen hundred, four thirty-eight. He now holds the Nielsen indoor records for the 200, the 400, the 800, and the 1600, and the 3200. Yeah. And they're all this year. So all this year. All this yeah. year. So yeah. just a, and you know, after basketball, Larry, we were, during basketball, we were worried because he was having some injury problems at the end of basketball. Well, it hasn't bothered him <laughs> no. so far. No. Um, one more track shout out, though, too. Yeah. Uh, Mason Renz set a new Nilsel indoor record in the shot put over in Stevens Point. Oh, he did? Okay. He took first in the shot put, and he threw 46 feet, five and a half inches. And that is a new Nilsel indoor record. So, okay. Wow, so, wow. They're just falling like dominoes. You bet. I said, dominoes yeah, I, I found a, a site that had some of these on there, and it's, yeah, 22, 22, 22. So, wow. Well, so, good for those guys. Good for those guys. Yep, they're doing a great job. So. And they have their first uh, outdoor meet, uh, looking at the schedule here, uh, next Tuesday, April 12th at Pittsville. Okay. I didn't know Pittsville. Yeah, I guess Pittsville does have a track, don't yeah. they? I, so the, the boys so, and girls are scheduled yeah. to be there along with a number yeah. of other area yeah, teams. Yeah, hopefully they can get that in. Of course, they can, if it's warm enough, they'll run in the rain. So. Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> so we'll see how uh, – how, uh, the guys and gals yeah. do outside. Now. Yeah, they had they had really had a, you know, they I guess they had three meets, but just a lot of good luck for the boys anyway. Yeah. I haven't heard a lot about the girls, but uh, the boys have done real well in both meets and point and up at uh, Stout. So good job by them, and hopefully they have a great conference season too. So, you know, speaking of. Uh Baseball and softball, the, the Marshfield Tiger girls softball team has a new coach. Okay. And our friend Gene Delisio had a chance to talk okay. with Becky Linsmeyer, okay. who was uh, formerly from Auburndale. Okay. So she's Linsmeyer, very familiar. Linsmeyer is a good yes. Auburndale name. Yes, so. very familiar with everybody in, the, in this <laughs> area. But uh, Gene had a ta- chance to talk with her, and she talks about uh, this Marshfield Tiger softball team. Marshfield High School has a new softball coach this year, Becky Linsmeyer, taking over the Tiger program 
this season. Let's talk with Becky about Tiger softball. First of all, Becky, congratulations on becoming the new Tiger softball coach. Tell us about the circumstances that brought you into this position this year. Well, I'm really excited about it. I, um, I coached for many years here in the district, and about four or five years ago, I took a step away just for professional and personal reasons. Um, just I had some goals that I wanted to accomplish professionally, and so I always said I would step back into coaching when the opportunity was right, and um, it just so happened that the opportunity came in the fall, and um, after a lot of thought, I'm like, you know what, this is my time. This is my time to try it, and 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 I knew coming in, you know, you couldn't ask for a better situation. You have some great seniors. You have a great team that has had some good um, postseasons and experience, and so and a strong program, which is credit to you know the previous coaches. So I, uh, I, I, yeah, I dove right in, and I'm excited about that. Uh, the potential, and I'm excited about the opportunity. I think it's um, something I'm really looking forward to. Can you kind of reacquaint our listeners with your background in softball, what you've done for this program over the years? Well, I played um, in Auburndale uh, under Jim Leggy, who um, is a um, Central Wisconsin fast-pitch softball guru, I think. And um, so I played with him uh, for many years. And then... Um, in college, you know, I went and I didn't play in college, but I, I was still heavily involved. I, I coached, I ran camps. And then uh, when I started teaching, I started with eighth grade, moved to freshman. Then eventually I moved up to assistant varsity coach under Mike Voss um, for about, gosh, I'm not 100% sure, but about 10 years, I would say. And then um, and then I took a little break. And then and now I'm back. Um, and I had always said potentially someday leading a team would be a goal, per, personal goal for me. So I'm at that point now. Well, tell us what the transition's been like for you as you prepare for your first season. You know, the transition has been, um, it's uh, it's been crazy as far as the amount of behind the scene things that I didn't realize a head coach has, the responsibilities. Um, but it's been really rewarding. Um, as hard as the work is and how much time consuming and I just love it. Um, I have a smile on my face all the time doing it. And, and um, you know, our AD and my assistant coaches have been willing to answer my questions. And I have a good group of parents and players, too, who, who have been, you know, stepping up to the plate and saying, hey, we'll help in whatever is needed. So, um, you know, it's been very, very rewarding and fulfilling from my standpoint that people are willing to step up and help. And I keep getting even alumni coming to me and emailing me, which is cool, because I used to play against some of these alumni when I was in Auburndale. So hearing some of the alumni come back and say, hey, we're excited about you. And, and you know, and so I want to reach out to those alumni eventually, too. Now, you inherit a program that's been in pretty good shape the last several years under Coach Costa. Tell us about that transition that way in terms of not having to rebuild a lot of things this year. Yeah, you know, I, we have we have so many returning players this year, seven seniors, um, uh, and and so we're really relying on their experience. We're not changing a whole lot as far as um, you know uh, defensively and and things like that because they they have worked hard over the last few years. Um, 
So we're not we're not changing major things. Um, we're just I'm trying to build a culture that is trying to build some confidence with our girls, and so that they when they go up to the plate, they're not second guessing themselves. They're not doubting. There's not a lack of confidence. They're up there, and and they're thinking positive. I've been talking to them a lot about mental performance and and being strong and and how to handle. Uh, situations where, you know, instead of beating yourself up, think of how you can get out of that instead of beating yourself up. So, you know, I'm really focusing on that mental side of it and, um, you know, refining those skills and and um, hopefully, hopefully in turn, their confidence will grow with that. I do want to ask Becky, I don't know if this is significant or not, but this program has been very successful for more than 40 years only three coaches in the history of this program, and you are the first female coach of the Tiger softball team. Is there a significance to that, and what does that mean to this program, having a woman coaching this team now? Well, you know, I haven't given it a whole lot of thought, but I, you know, I know a lot of people have come to me and said, it's about time. Um, you know, a lot can be said for having a female as a head coach. I know I was fortunate to have a couple head coaches in high school that way, I think on the basketball side. Um, and, you know, so hopefully, hopefully it's a good experience for all. You know, I know it's been a very successful program. That's been, that's been the thing that's been keeping me up at night a little bit. Um, you know, I, I, I played against the Pete Capline, Wayne Hamlin eras in the summer. You know, I grew up with uh, the Kim Shoops, the Tammy Myers, the uh, Don Geldernecks, and, you know, all those, Laurel Cousy. Mm-hmm. I, I grew up with them, playing with them. And so um, I know, I know, um, how hard they worked and how hard, uh, how successful this program has been. And so I feel like maybe I'm a little bit of a bridge, maybe because I have had that. Maybe just because I'm not an alumni, I feel like I've worked here now 20 years and I'm on that bridge to the alumni. And so um, maybe we can, you know, get them to come to some games and maybe we can do some uh, future reunions or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so she's going to try and uh, institute some stuff in yeah. there and get that program yeah. back to where. Yeah, they. You know, you go back to the uh, early years there when uh, Pete Culpin. Yeah, he had a tremendous yeah. season, and then you know the Valley has been so tough. Point has had yeah. just a tremendous run in girls softball yeah. over yeah, there. Yeah, they've been really tough. Yeah, and uh, it's just it's been Marshall just kind of falling by the wayside a little bit, and there's a lot of talent in Marshall oh, too. Yeah. You know, so but hopefully. Hopefully, Coach Linsmeyer brings it back to where it belongs. Yep. So, Thanks to Gene Delisio for uh, giving us that interview with uh, new coach Becky Linsmeyer yeah. over in Marshfield. Yeah. Um, a lot of stuff going on as far as uh, college sports. Uh, of course, we had the, the two big uh, championship yeah. games over the weekend. Boy, uh, you know, I, the girls' championship, which uh, South Carolina handled Connecticut. But did you see the viewership for that? My goodness. Wow, I couldn't believe that when and I read that. And, the, and that's the thing they're trying to bring back or up, I should say, is viewership yeah. for uh, women's right. sports. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah, a good Sunday night game though, like that. And it was, of course, it's a great matchup, UConn right. and, and South Carolina. But uh, wow, I couldn't believe when I heard those numbers. And, yeah, the, yeah, the most watched women's title game in what uh, eighteen years? Eighteen years, yes. Yeah. So, but uh, yeah, congratulations to South Carolina and Coach Don Staley. Uh, I believe it's her second championship, and she is the first Afro, African-American coach in girls basketball in NCAA to have two championships. Oh, good so, for her. Yes. And then uh, Kansas and uh, UNC. Yeah. You know, I had those two playing in the championship. Did you? And yeah. I had Kansas winning. Okay. That was after we did it. You know, they, did it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
I didn't our, our original teams no, were the same I had place. nowhere near our, there. Yeah, our original teams were the same place we were. But, yeah. uh, um, you know, Kansas got really hot in the regional final against Miami, that second half. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then they came in, and they just came in and counter and went with one good KO to Villanova, got out 10 to nothing, and Villanova never had a chance. Yeah. Um, Kansas just used a tremendous height advantage, size advantage inside, and and then they were hitting three pointers like crazy too. But uh, um, North Carolina also was second hottest team in the yeah. tournament. Uh, took it to Duke in a great game with Duke, and then a great game Monday night too. And uh, yeah, they got out to a big lead early yeah, on. You bet. But yeah. they're up by what fifteen and fifteen and half. And uh, kudos to Kansas to come back and they won it on a McCormick basket towards the end. And uh, North Carolina still had a chance to win it, but uh, didn't drop and. Uh, so Kansas get uh, a one seed, and which has been unusual lately, a one right. seed winning yeah. the championship. Yeah. So, but uh, uh, can't great for Coach Self and the program down in Kansas. And uh, six foot nine forward from Kentucky, Oscar uh, Shebway yes. won the Player John R. Wooden Award. Yep, yep, good for him. Yeah, I think he was leading rebounder in the country. I yeah, think. fifteen a game. Wow, that's that's <laughs> a lot of rebounds. That is that is good for a college. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, anything else in college uh, sports that I wanted? Oh yeah, they got the Frozen Four in hockey. Yes. And I was just I seen uh, the amount of players that are going on to uh, the NHL from these four teams that right. are involved. Forty members are going on to the NHL. <laughs> yes. They've already been drafted. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of these guys get drafted right out of high school, and then they, I think they go for a year or two in college, and and then they're done. And yeah. you know, the Frozen Four is pretty much the climax, and then. Some of them will be suiting up in the playoffs for Stanley Cup teams yeah. this year already. So, yeah, Michigan and Denver yeah. uh, today at four, and then uh, Minnesota and Minnesota State. How about yeah. that? Yeah, wow. Yeah, <laughs> tonight. Yeah, Minnesota, ESPNU. You know, and it hasn't been that long. And I, excuse me for saying this, but Minnesota State to me is always Mankato State. Oh, okay. That's what it used to be. Oh, that's okay. That's what it used okay. to be was Mankato State, but they have not been D one now that long. Over in, in hockey, anyway, okay. you know, and and most sports are D two. So, but uh, good for them, you know. Well, Minnesota is a hockey state. Yeah, and and Duluth is the same thing. Duluth uh, goes D one in hockey and D two and everything else too. Mm-hmm. And okay. so, as does St. Cloud. So, okay. So all right. So, yeah, Minnesota is the hockey capital. Yeah. You bet. So. so that's going on uh, the Frozen Four for uh, college hockey. Yeah. Find out who's the men's yep. title holder there. All right, uh, where are they now? Where are we heading off to uh, okay, today? Okay, I'm going back. I'm going to talk about a guy, Larry, that was here coaching for Nielsville in the 80s, okay. late 70s, 80s, and that is Kerry Lindbull. Oh, and, wow, yeah. And Kerry was a 1972 graduate of Hayfield, Minnesota High School. He played four years of football at Hayfield, uh, three years at uh, starting quarterback, uh, two years all-conference. His senior year, he had 1,479 yards passing, 54% completions, 20 touchdowns, and he had a total of eight, 1,823 yards of total offense that year. He was team MVP as a senior, WCCO All-State team, St. Paul Pioneer Press All-State team, and that year, Hayfield, his senior year, Hayfield was ranked number two in Minnesota, and that year was 10-0. And uh, not to toot my horn, but this is what you call putting two weeks together. His coach uh, was Bill Turnquist. Oh, wow, there you go. <laughs> so I, I, I looked that up. And, oh, yeah, hey, how about that for putting two weeks there in a row go. together? So, Good but, job. Yeah, but that was Bill Turnquist's uh, first coaching job was in Hayfield, Minnesota. So, But then, 
In the wintertime, Kerry uh, switched to basketball. He uh, four years of basketball at Hayfield, uh, 728 career points, which is 34th all-time at Hayfield. His 99 steals his senior year was an all-time Hayfield record. His junior year, he averaged 8.9 assists per game, and his senior year, 7.9 assists per game, and that is number one and number two all-time records at Hayfield. His 445 career assists in, in, in his career was second all-time. Hayfield won three conference championships in his years, and Carey was a, a two-time all-conference selection. In the spring, Carey went to baseball. He played four years for Hayfield as a pitcher and an infielder and had 20 career wins as a pitcher. After graduating from Hayfield in 1972, he attended Rochester Community College, where he continued to play all three sports. Um, after two years there, he transferred to UW Lacrosse and played two years as a baseball team at, on the UW Lacrosse baseball team, where he was a relief pitcher. He is eighth all time on the UW uh, Lacrosse baseball saves list. He graduated from UW Lacrosse with a uh, bachelor's degree in uh, bachelor of science degree in physical education. Carey's first teaching job was here in Nilsville, uh, starting in the 1977-1978 season as a physical education teacher, and he was an assistant coach in the football, basketball, and baseball teams. In the 1978-79 year, Ken Van Dam stepped down as the head basketball coach, and Carey moved up to head basketball coach, a position he would hold for the next seven seasons, as well as assisting in football and basketball. He never uh, really won any conference championships, Larry. They were always in the top, but that was a, a really tough conference back oh, then. Oh, man. Uh, Mosin, he was in the conference. Auburn Nacusa. was in Nacusa, yes. Um, uh, Kerry uh, was fortunate enough to coach uh, Steve Olson for four years, mm -hmm. and Steve was one of the best basketball players ever to come out of Neal's. He was a two-time Channel 7 All-Star, honorable mention All-State, and today he is still an NCAA ref. Is he still refing? Yes, I, was wondering I believe if he so. Was. So I haven't checked on him lately, but last I knew anyway. But so. Yeah, they had some good teams in the early oh, 80s. Oh, boy, yeah. yeah. But what a tough conference. Yeah. Auburndale with Scott Anderson yeah. and Nakusa had some, and Mosin had some tremendous teams. So anyway. In 1985, Kerry accepted the head coaching position in basketball at Byron, Minnesota, along with teaching physical education and assistant coach with the football and basketball, baseball teams. During his 31-year tenure in Byron, his teams won six conference championships and a Section 1A title resulting in a state uh, tournament appearance in 2013. The Byron Bears won over 22 games eight different times during his coaching tenure, with his 2003 team going 28-2. He is a member of the 500-win club with an overall record of 517 wins, 308 losses. Coach Limbo was recognized by his peers as the recipient of four Section 1A Coach of the Year awards. As I said, he was also a member of the Byron uh, football staff and was honored as the Butch Nash Award as the Assistant Football Coach of the Year in 2000. Kerry was inducted into the Hayfield High School Hall of Fame in 2017, the Minnesota High School Basketball Coaches Hall of Fame in 2017, and the Minnesota High School Coaches Association Hall of Fame in 2018. Coach Limbo also served as activities director at Byron High School. Kerry retired from teaching and coaching in, in 2016. 
He and his wife of 44 years, Debbie, have two sons, Tony and Adam, and six grandchildren, and still reside in the Byron, Minnesota area today. Carrie Limbo. Carrie Limbo, my yeah. old fire teacher. Yes, and I'll tell school. you what, Larry, I was fortunate enough to play four years of slow-pitch softball, and he was a tremendous athlete. He was, very good athlete. A tremendous athlete. So. I always liked him as a teacher, too. Yeah, good guy. Yep. Him Real and Jack good. Hammond as the fire teachers. Yes. That was those were good years in Fayette. <laughs> they right. made it fun, I bet. Yes, they did. <laughs> yes. Uh, all right. Uh, the box season ending uh, here yeah. this Sunday is the final uh, regular season games. Yeah, they got the Boston Celtics tonight. Tonight. Um, right now, it looks like uh, they could be the number three seed. Yeah, they could be anywhere from two, two to, to three, yeah. four. Four uh, even, yeah. But if it stood today, they'd be a 3-6, and their matchup would be Chicago. That'd and, be nice. And that'd be a good matchup. They swept them 4-0, including the other night. So um, it's hard to say, but, they, yeah, they could move up to two. I think they could drop to four. But it looks like they'll have home court advantage the first round anyway. So Okay. Yeah, it'll be a big one tonight because yeah, Boston, Boston's one of those teams. Boston's one of the teams right up there with them in Philadelphia. Um Somebody, you know, is going to have a, a tough first-round matchup with Brooklyn. Yeah. Because Brooklyn looks like they're going to be the number seven. So, yeah. Yep. So there's going to be a 2-7 matchup that is going to be pretty tough. So, so. The Lakers are out? How about that? <laughs> that was my next thing. I remember sitting here, us talking after the Bucks won the championship, and about two days later it came out that the Los Angeles Lakers and Brooklyn Nets were heavy favorites yeah. to, win, to be in the finals for uh, 2022. Well, ha-ha. Yeah. yeah. Lakers are out and uh, yeah. Brooklyn's going to be playing in the play-in game. Yes, that's right. So <laughs> Yeah, so and you know and then you know nobody talked back then about the Phoenix Suns and the Phoenix Suns just won their 63rd game of the season. So you know, you talk about being a little bit disrespected was yeah. the Phoenix Suns this year. Yeah, so. and I tell you, they're right now. I would yeah. say they're the best team in the NBA. I think I think you're right because you look at the, the top four teams in the West, Larry, and I speak of uh, Miami, Philadelphia, Boston, Milwaukee. They all seem to have a little bit of a flaw in mm-hmm. you know certain areas. Um, Phoenix does not have any flaws. Right I tell now. you, another good team is Memphis. Yes, they are. Yes, and Utah is not bad either. No. So. Um, I, I don't know who's going to come out. The Clippers look like they're coming back, too, a little bit, too. But, uh, boy, I'll tell you what, I sure like the way Phoenix is playing ball. Yeah. And, I and you know, you don't sleep on Memphis, you don't sleep on Denver, and I don't think you sleep on Utah in that no. out west. It could be a wild, wild west. I would not be surprised if it's a rematch of last year's final. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you there. I, the Bucks know what it takes. Phoenix knows what it takes. takes yep, so... And Phoenix is going to have a pretty good chip on their shoulder, too. Oh, yeah. yep. <laughs> As they should. So Yes, they should. You bet. Uh, let's see. Uh, opening day, baseball today. today yeah. Uh, 120 this afternoon. Uh, Corbin Burns and Kyle Hendricks towing it up, weather permitting, I weather guess. Weather permitting, yeah. So, but uh, yesterday, uh, the Bucks, uh Brewers, of course, Tuesday, uh, Pedro Severino, who was going to be their backup catchers, Suspended 80 day games for PEDs, let's call it. Yeah. You know, he was expected to play a big role as the backup catcher. Yesterday they traded for Victor Caratini from the San Diego Padres. Okay. And Victor was the backup catcher for the Padres last year. He had 227, seven home runs, 39 RBIs, both career highs. And Victor is a switch hitter. So, 
you're, you could see a little bit of a platoon with him and uh, Navarez. So, okay. You know, yeah, I know. So, uh, David Stern said they were going to look outside of the organization yeah, for a yeah, backup. So. Yeah, I think the guys that they have at the high level of minors, I think they want them to be in the minors. Yeah, you get catch a little more. Every day. You yeah, know, get so, more work. Yeah. And, and, and Omar Navarez is a good, solid, big league catcher, but he can't catch every day. Right. And I said, I think this Caratini thing will work out, but I really think they're going to uh, feel bad they, they let Manny Pena go. Because Manny right, Pena right. was yeah. a solid player. You know, he signed a two-year contract with Atlanta. I think that's all it would have took to keep him in Milwaukee. He would yeah. have got a two-year contract. Yeah. So, uh, How about the uh, electronic device now that catchers are going to yeah. use with pitchers? <laughs> yeah, they're trying to trying to keep people away from stealing signs as yeah. best they can. You know, So now they can just... Uh, Say them into uh, yeah, I guess so. Into so, a headset, basically, yeah, is what basically, they're going to be doing. How long before somebody figures out how to tap into that? Yeah, though? you know. So yeah. I, I said, it's just it's just crazy with the way all electronics are, and it starts with the cameras. That you know, every game is on TV right. today, and every game has a center field camera. Yeah. So I, I, th- there's got to be the old way of putting the fingers down. You know. I said, and then a guy like you know Bill Schroeder doing the Brewer games, he's like, oh, that's this, that's going to be this pitch, that's going to be this pitch. You know, it's just crazy, you know. So, and you know, all thirty-two teams are doing it. Yeah, so, so, yeah. So. Well, maybe there's going to be a different way of doing it. There's got to be a different way of fingers, doing it. You know? Yeah, I, some kind of signal or just something. Uh, moving of the yeah. arm instead yeah, of the I, fingers. I don't know, or <laughs> just throw it around, throw or the damn mix thing, it up. You know? so. <laughs> so I don't know, but yeah, they're going to experiment with that, I guess. Right. Yep. That, that'll be interesting. Yeah. That will be interesting. That but will I, be very interesting. I just. With the way electronics goes, it just seems like somebody f- always figures out a way to crack something. Yeah. So yeah. you know, make some kind of scam out Especially of it. Especially so, technology like that. Yes, you know, absolutely. Somehow they'll figure something and, out. You know, the day you buy a computer or electronic device, Larry, the next day it's it's almost obsolete. <laughs> it's almost, yes, right. <laughs> uh, we got the big uh, Masters getting underway today, and yeah, Tiger Woods yeah, is playing. Yeah, and he says he wouldn't play if he didn't think he had a chance to win. Wow. Yeah, well, so, that's... But uh, it's about a year since that car accident yeah. where, you know, whoever thought he'd play golf again. And then, you know, and then, you know, he played that father-son deal with his son, you know, and I thought that was probably just, but he actually played pretty good there, yeah. you know. So, but uh, he played Augusta this last week and he said he, he, he's going to play. And, and, so, and the question was, do you think you have a chance to win? He goes, I wouldn't play if I didn't think I had a chance to win. So. It'll just be interesting to see how yeah. his body holds up yeah. with four yeah. Days of eighteen. Yeah, hours. and there's no carts. Right. You know, so that's that's the next thing. You're you're walking, and the leg is what got hurt the most in that car accident. Right. So, so let's see. It was his right leg, so that would be the leg. That would be your back leg, not the leg yeah, that you be, turn yeah, as right. much. But yep. so still, it's, yeah, yeah, it's still got to be disconcerting. You, eighteen holes is a lot. Of, is a lot of walking. Yeah. You know, and I'm not. I don't. You know. I don't know the lay of the land there. No, I don't either. If it's a I lot don't of hills, either, I don't really. Yeah, know. I don't know. So, so how that goes there. I know nine at Nilzo is enough walking for me. So. <laughs> there's, there's some hills there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially if you get in the wrong part of yeah, the course. Yeah, you darn right. <laughs> uh, let's see uh, some sad news in the NFL. Doug Sutherland, yeah, the old Minnesota, yeah. Vikings defensive tackle yeah, yeah, passed pl- away. Played his college ball at UW Superior. He did. Yes, he okay. did. So, yep. Yeah, so. played uh, 10 years with the Vikings. Yeah, he was a member of the Purple Gang. Purple People he, Eaters. Yeah, yep. So him and Alan Page and Jim Marshall and Carl Eller. Carl Eller. So, You know, it's amazing how we can still remember those names. You oh, can't do that anymore. No, I They said, don't stay with they the don't, teams you know, long enough. It was those four guys. And I think, 
it was, and when Sutherland went out, Gary Larson was in there, you know, and it was the same thing with the Rams. They had the fearsome force. Yeah. You know, it was Merlin Olson, Deacon Jones, Lamar Lundy, and uh, Roger Brown. You know, it was like that every year. Right. Uh, you knew the Packer offensive line was going to be Forrest Gregg, uh, Bob Skaronsky, uh, Jimmy, uh, Jerry Kramer, Fuzzy Thurston, and, and Kenny Bowman. You know, yeah. it was just, yeah. it was that way every year. So, but. Well, no, that changes everything. Same so. with the Brewers lineup. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you, you knew the lineup for years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Top to bottom. Yeah, the, the team in the 80s, late 80s, it was the same guys. Yeah. The same guys, you know, until. Milder, Yountain, Cooper was like One, forever. two, and three, you know. And, and it really didn't change until they traded for Ted Simmons. You know, right, you yeah. know, when Ted Simmons came in, well, he was put in the cleanup hitter, but then you still had Ogilvy and Gorman Thomas, and, you know, and Don Money was in there, and, of course, Charlie, Charlie Moore. Moore. So, you yeah. bet, so. <laughs> Times have changed. Times yeah. have changed. Um, one other NFL note: uh, Stephon Diggs, another wide receiver, cashing in yesterday with yeah. the Buffalo Bills. Four years, ninety-six million. So I know yeah. there. There's a lot of talk about the Packers doing something. Yeah, but I don't yeah, know. Uh, Metcalf from the uh, Seahawks seems to be the biggest rumor. Yeah, uh, Jarvis Landry is still out there. So I thought he resigned with the. Browns. He might have. I yeah. don't know. I I did not hear that. So, but so. a lot of names out there. But yeah, but who uh, knows what they're going to do? Yeah, you know, I I still think they're going to pretty well stand pat with those first four picks and get the best players they can. So, yeah. but uh, yeah. they're definitely a little short in wide receiver. But you know, you almost have to look. You know, the way they use Aaron Jones, he's also he's also a receiver. Yeah. So, so, and they got number twelve throwing to whoever. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. And if Robert Tanyan comes back healthy. That will make a big difference, yeah. too, because he's going to open up the middle of the field. And Devontae Adams was no big name until no. Rodgers started right, throwing yeah. to him. And, and you know, and I said, and, you know, you go back a ways, it was the same thing with Jordy Nelson, too. Right. Jordy yeah. Nelson. Uh, Greg Jennings was with Favre and Rodgers. You know, he was a third-round pick. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. It, it depends who's under center more than anything. Right. So. The quarterback is the guy that's going to get you, you the ball. So. All right, don't forget to uh, check out all our shows, past yeah. shows online. Just click on the uh, yeah. Two Guys on Sports icon at cwbradio.com. One more thing, Larry. Um, yep. This is, I don't know if you want to do call this sport or not, but uh, in Ju- June 4th at the Marshall Fairgrounds, siblings Ashley McCauley and Jordan Wolf are going to try to break the Guinness World Book of State stilt walking. Oh, okay. And they are the youngest uh, son, daughter, well, the only daughter and the youngest son of Steady Eddie Wolf. Oh, okay, sure, and Steady course, Eddie. And that's, of course, also my family, too. So. Yes. <laughs> so what are they looking at for a height? 54 feet. Wow. Um, and there's a man from China holds the record right now, 53 feet, 10 inches. When Eddie broke the record in the late 70s, early 80s, it was in the 30s. <laughs> and then their oldest brother, Travis, broke it in 1998, 40 feet, 10 and a quarter inches. Now that record is up to over 50 feet. Wow. They started this journey in October, and they've been practicing all winter in a silo in the the Marshfield and Spencer area. And June 4th, and I don't know what time. I imagine it'll be fairly early in the morning when the winds are calm. Um, I believe they've got to take 10 to 15 steps with guide wires. Oh, okay. To try to break this. Wow, 54 feet. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that is almost as tall as a silo. Yes. 
on stilts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. We had a 60-foot silo on our farm. Yeah. That was so, yeah. Wow. Wow. <laughs> so, well, good luck. How old are they? Uh, Ashley, let's see. Ashley is 37, and JJ, I believe, is 35. So, okay. So, well, so they're no, uh, no, no young but, kids. But uh, I, I think they kind of wanted to bring it back one last try to see if they could bring the, the title back yeah. to the Wolf family. Yeah. So, well, good for them. Because, you know, still walking in the Wolf family oh, yeah. is pretty thing and this last year they got back into parades a little bit and i was gonna say eddie yeah. was always a staple in the parade you bet and then this last year at the loyal corn festival it was really cool they had all the grandchildren on two and three foot stilts and they walked them all through the parade <laughs> and there's like 15 of them you know, so they so all know how to do it huh? they're all trying so oh, wow. <laughs> so, wow. but, uh, that's so cool june 4th i'll keep us appraised on this one but it's okay. kind of neat so. yeah june 4th you bet all right so all right so we look forward to uh, baseball getting underway. Hopefully. Uh, NBA uh, playoffs will be getting underway yeah. next week. And yeah. Yeah, let's just hope the sun comes Hopefully out. Hopefully spring sports will be getting underway <laughs> yeah. in earnest. We're ready because yes. other than that, it's kind of boring right now. So. Yeah, yeah, not a lot going on right <laughs> now. All right, that's two guys on sports. I'm Larry Hazel. I'm Dick Olson. We'll talk to you again next week.